Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge on Yahoo Sports Radio. Our next guest not only is one of the top quarterbacks in today's game, he's one of the top quarterbacks in NFL history. Ben Roethlisberger owns virtually all of Pittsburgh's passing records and has been to three Super Bowls, winning two of them. He was the league's offensive rookie of the year. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He's the youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl, the only quarterback in league history, to throw for 500 yards twice. Phew, and the first quarterback to throw for six touchdowns in consecutive games. And guess what? Now, now he's the father of three. Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and congratulations on becoming a dad again. Thank you very much, first, for having me. And I think the last thing you said is probably the most impressive of all those things. Well, that's, you know, Ben, I was going to mention that because of all the accomplishments on the field, there's really nothing like witnessing the birth of your child, is there? Absolutely nothing like it. Um, truly a miracle from God, and uh, it's just fun. You know, the first two were, were so close together, and now this one, and the house is a little different now having a, a real young one here, but it's, uh, it, it's awesome. Well, congratulations again, and you know what? Nice touch with that Pittsburgh Penguins onesie you had on. That was cool. Um, <laughs> that and was we've been talking. Fun. Yeah, it was pretty, and you brought them luck, or they won that game that night. Um, right. Ben, we've been that talking awesome. about the AFC North and how it's the best division in the NFL, which it is. But within that division, you have the best rivalry in the game. That's Pittsburgh-Baltimore. Outside of the Super Bowl, is there any opponent you'd rather beat? Probably not. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, now in this division, the last few years especially, I think Cincinnati, you know, really has kind of done some uh, damage in that division, winning it, um, you know, and, and kind of getting to the, to the playoffs and, and all the rivalry that's gone on there too. That's become, to me, almost just as big of a rivalry as us in Baltimore. We had a uh, friend of the show, Heinz Ward, on a while back, and one of the things he told us was uh, talking about the Baltimore, and he said, uh, as much as they hate me, I hate them. Are you on board with Hines and the hate meter when he when he thinks about the Ravens? <laughs> well, you know what? That's uh, hate, hate is such a strong word, but maybe we can say strongly dislike. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think it's I think it's a mutual um, respect. You know, I think people just assume that there's like this hatred. You want to, you know, if you see someone off the field, you want to spit on them or trip them or what, you know. But but really, there's a lot of respect. I know that. I took a little bit of from some fans um, a few years ago when I had mentioned something about Ray Lewis and I, you know, texting off the field. You know, there's but there's such a, a mutual respect. I think, um, especially me playing for such a long time. You know, I respect Terrell Suggs. I respected you know Ed Reed when he was playing, and, and Ray Lewis, all those guys. There's just so much respect there. But you know, when you're between the lines, it, it's no holds barred. It's it's physical. It's nasty. I mean, you want to beat those guys at all costs. Like I said, I hate to say hate, but uh, pretty close. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hines, uh, you know, he's up for the uh, Hall of Fame uh, this year, and Clark and I are both uh, voters, as is uh, Rick Goslin. If you were standing in front of us and the 43 other selectors, what would you say to help his case, to help convince us that Hines belongs in the Hall of Fame? Well, I think, um, you know, if you if you turn on a football game or you think Pittsburgh Steelers, there's a few – Obviously, that, that 70s dynasty and those guys, the Mel Blunts, the, the Joe Greens, the Franco Harris, and the, the Bradshaws, those guys are obviously Pittsburgh Steelers. But when you're talking modern day, you're thinking Jerome Bettis and you're thinking Heinz Ward, you're thinking Troy Palomalo, you know, guys that, that, that epitomize Pittsburgh Steelers, epitomize the, the toughness that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was never really flashy, um, but he got the job done. You know, he, he wasn't afraid to – to stick his nose in there to, to, to block a linebacker if need be a defensive end if it helped a running back score a touchdown. So 
for me, it was about the toughness and, and obviously being, um, you know, the, the leader in so many categories in, in receiving. I just think that everything that he brought to the game and the knowledge of, that he brought to the football game field, um, knowing and understanding defenses, concepts, routes. You know, he it was third and four. He was going to get four point one if he had to. You know, I mean, just just <laughs> enough to get the first down because he understood the game of football. Well, speaking of toughness, we're with Pittsburgh Ben Roethlisberger, one of the toughest players on the planet, and Ben. I'll follow on that conversation with wide receivers. You played with two of the best in the game, and that's Heinz Ward or and Antonio Brown. But if I gave you a choice of only one, we're picking <laughs> up sides, all right? And you get first choice. Which one do you choose? Wow. Uh, you know, that, that's that's tough. And you're right. I, I have been blessed to play with a couple great ones in those two guys. And for me, I think if you look back at what Heinz has done, I mean, like I said, he, he did it all. He may not have been flashy. He wasn't going to beat you with speed. Maybe he did earlier in his career a little bit. But, you know, he was going to do everything necessary to win the football game, to block, to catch the – you know, he only, may only had five catches for 15 yards, but like four of them were for first downs and the other one was for a touchdown. You know, he just knew how to play the game and knew how to play it smart. With Antonio, it's flashy. I mean, everything he does is spectacular. You get the ball in his hands, it could be a one-yard pass, and he could turn it into 50, 60, 70 in a, in, in a flash. And now he may not do all the little things that Hines would do with all the blocking. He's get, trying to get better, but, you know, he, he's going to put up unbelievable numbers. You know, I, I don't know if I could pick one over the other, but uh, I've been around Antonio for a long time, and the things he does on the football field, catching a football, are pretty spectacular. Yeah, I guess whichever one you got stuck with is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to complain either way. <laughs> <laughs> kind of switching gears a little bit. I'm wondering what advice if uh, you would offer – Carson Wentz uh, now with the Eagles. You know he came from uh, is coming from a small uh, school. You came from you know relatively speaking a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks. So the rest of us all talk about a substantial jump. It is as far as I know, you jumped right into the Super Bowl, so it wasn't much of a jump for you. But <laughs> what would you tell him? And how difficult is it to go from playing the level he was playing at into the NFL? Right. Well, ironically, we have the same agent, so I've got to spend time with him. I've got to talk to him, so I can give you a little bit of what I have told him. But, you know, I think it is a big, you know, people do make a big deal about the small school, and his school is even smaller than, than the, the Miami was, the Mac school. But what I think you look at is what did he do at that school? Yeah, maybe the competition level wasn't as great, but it's not like he just went out and had a winning season. He won national championships for that school, and, and two or three, I, I forget, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how many, but that's pretty impressive. You know, so he still played pretty well. And to me, when I look at these at colleges nowadays, and I don't mean any disrespect to these college programs or the college coaches, because I have the utmost respect for all those guys, but I think they're almost they're hurting quarterbacks a lot of times because of the offenses they're running. You know, they're running these systems that are you know a lot of screens, and they're looking over the sideline. They're not really huddling. It's all shotgun. It's you know, it's just it's not NFL football. If you look at what Carson did in college, a lot of it, you know, he, he wasn't, he's not afraid to get under center. He did it. You know, he can drop back and pass. He can do the play action stuff. He can do the boots and nakeds and things you just don't see a lot of in typical college football for the most part. There are still teams that do it. But uh, I think that he's as prepared as anybody because of the type of system he played in and, and the work that he put in to get himself NFL ready. Well, Ben, I remember when you were a rookie and, and following what Ron said, uh, and you had to jump in there after Tommy Maddox went down. You then won, I think it was all 13 regular season starts, and you made it look so easy, um, you know, and, and you got into the playoffs, and it just looked easy. But it, it couldn't have been as easy as it looked. Um, so what was what was the biggest hurdle for you? You know, you're right. It wasn't easy. I, I was so blessed to have a great football team around me. Obviously, the how good our defense was, and then offensively, we had a great running game with Jerome, and 
um, you know, obviously Hines and Plex and a lot of those guys out there helping me uh, catch the ball. So they made life a lot easier on, on me. But uh, to me, it's the speed of the game. Uh, you know, I think people talk about the rookie wall and usually it comes, you know, week seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And, you know, it, it's hard because you go straight from playing college football, which is 12, 14 games, however many games they play now, right into training for the draft, right into a team, you know, to, to training camp, right to the team. So really there's like two years of, of nonstop football, no breaks, your legs aren't resting, your arm's not resting. So to make that jump, and then you're jumping not only because you're physically exhausted, but you're playing against superior athletes and superior men. I mean, you're, you're going from playing with, you know, these college guys, they can say they're men, but, but until you get to the NFL, those are men, you know, and, and that, that's a it's big jump. And so that's, to me, the, the, the biggest thing is to, while your body's still worn down, to, to make a jump to a bigger, faster league. Uh, when you came in a league, of course, anybody who comes to Pittsburgh is a shadow of Terry Bradshaw. Now, of course, the next guy is going to be a shadow of you and Terry uh, Bradshaw. How equipped were you to deal with that when you got there, or did you even know it was going to uh, be like that? It ha- everything happened for me so fast, I didn't have time to think about it. Yeah, I was you know the first-round pick, but even when you're drafted right away, I think there's – you know, my, my old college coach, Coach Hepner, used to always say, you never want to be the guy that replaced the guy. You want to be the guy that replaced the guy that replaced the guy. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I know it's crazy right. that sounds, but I wasn't trying to be like Terry. I mean, to me, Terry won four Super Bowls. He should be considered one of the greatest of all time because – to me, it's measured on championships. Hey, Ben, we've got to run, and I know you do too, but thanks for the time, and best of luck with the season. And you know what? Good luck sleeping through the night with that new baby. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation. Th- thanks, thanks ben. ben. That was Pittsburgh's Ben Roethlisberger. Up next, why Herschel Walker should be in the Hall of Fame conversation. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.